you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you tuning in and that other guy behind you and that other guy and that other guy over there and that gal over there and uh, that other group of gals and just everybody, the horses, dogs, cats, uh, everybody, listen to the show. We certainly appreciate you all showing up today because uh, you are the best people in the world. <laughs> uh, to see the video version of this, go to youtube.com, for chess Chris Voss, hit that bell notification button. It will give you pleasure and make you feel fulfilled in ways uh, you probably already been fulfilled before, but you'll get it again. So that's the beauty of the bell. Ding! Notification. Uh, go to thecvpn.com. You can subscribe to all nine podcasts. Also, go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss. You can follow me over there, see what I'm reading, see what I'm reviewing, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, also, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Chris the Chris Voss Show. And if you just search the Chris Voss Show, there's like a whole mess of groups we have as well, too, which are pretty cool. And you can see what we're posting over there. Uh, my author, we, of course, have the brilliantest authors on the Chris Voss Show. Uh, just uh, just people that will expand your mind, make you think, make you better. And, you know, if you think better, you're actually better looking and more sexy. This will improve your Tinder profile results and everything else. Today we have Adam... Lots. He is the Creationism USA author, uh, Bridging the Impasse on Teaching Evolution. It's from Oxford University Press. You know those folks over at Oxford. They're always brilliant. Uh, Adam is no creationist. He taught middle school and high school for 10 years in Milwaukee, and now he is a professor of education at Binghamton University, State University of New York. He studies the history of culture wars in America's schools and has published books like Creationism USA, Fundamentalist You, and The Other School Reformers. Welcome to the show, Adam. How are you? Hey, great, Chris. Thanks for having me. So, Adam, give me your plugs. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I tweet. My name is Adam Lott, so I'm at Adam Lots L-A-A-T-S. Um, and then the books are available, obviously, on Amazon or anywhere else, uh, Creationism USA, um, the publisher, Oxford University Press. There you go. Lots of brilliant people we've had on from Oxford University Press. Let's it's, uh, you know, good school. Good school. They, they, they clearly won't let me in, so that's why we have you on. So <laughs> All I've got is my Oxford shirt, and that's the closest I'm going to get. <laughs> So uh, you've written this book. Give us uh, uh, what motivated you want to write this book on creationism? Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, um, I, I'm a historian and I had written about and I'm, most of my uh, stuff was about uh, the history of schools, especially the way people fight about schools. Um, so, um, as I mentioned, generally at home, I'm only limited to 25 words or less. Uh, you know, about any of that stuff. And I think it's a good policy. I'm not allowed to talk about Star Trek either uh, or <laughs> the history of submarines. I mean, there's just a real, there's a bunch of stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, 
Well, the history of submarines is very controversial. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you've ever seen Red October, uh, uh, that's some that's some controversy right there. <laughs> All right, yeah, these are the things I'm not allowed to talk about at home. Uh, but look, uh, one night we were uh, sitting around, and my sister-in-law, uh, she's a secular person like me, and she's um, she just the question that that she had on her mind was like, all right, all right, you're not going to talk about history and stuff, but I just want to know, like, what's the deal? How in, uh, I think it was uh, 2011 back then, how in the 21st century can there be so many people running around who won't admit that science is true? You know, creationists. How can there be uh, one of our whole political parties I won't mention any names, but I think we all know which one. One of our parties is in thrall to these ideas, creationist ideas, that, uh, this was her question, that, that go against every single piece of science uh, that, we, that is available. It, it doesn't take uh, much you know, scientific knowledge to know that like, our planet can't be only 6,000 years old. I mean, you don't have to be a scientist. To know that. I mean, that's like inject bleach level science. Yeah. I mean, uh, everyone knows that anything this flat can never be thousand <laughs> years old. <laughs> right, right. So that was her question. Like, just explain it to me. Like, how is it possible? And so, uh, you know, we talked and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book to try to explain it, how this is possible. And it turned into this book. There you go. So uh, let's lay a foundation for those of uh, people like me who went to Betsy DeVos Public School. Uh, what is creationism exactly? What's the definition of that? Yeah, uh, I, I I was thinking it was something to do with me having more kids or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, first of all, Betsy DeVos Public School—that's called a private school, Chris. Oh well, I <laughs> just, throw I her at the, at the well she's over time public time. school. You know, yeah. you're really breaking down my joke. Which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and one of the arguments that I make in the book for people like Liz and me, you know, secular people who just don't get it. Uh, one of the things is that, you know, creationism, if you, if you take a sort of uh, general definition, you know, the idea that God or gods or some sort of divine something had to be part of how, you know, this all happened, you know, you and me sitting here, the sun, the moon, the trees, that's super common. Like, you'd say almost every American has some version of that kind of creationism. Um, and the kicker is that most people who are creationists, you know, who think, you know, gods were involved or God, uh, they've got no problem with science. So it's not that creationism makes you doubt science. It's this specific kind of creationism that goes against mainstream science. In the book, I call them radical creationists. Um, and it's not, uh, yeah, if you drive through Kentucky, it, it, it's eye popping and you see this giant replica Noah's Ark, you know, right next to the Florence Yall sign. There's this huge ark in Kentucky, uh, but it's not um, really the huge number of Americans that you might think. So uh, give us a give us an overview of the book and, and what it's about. Sure, absolutely. So uh, to answer my, my sister-in-law's question, you know, what's the deal with creationism? Um, I start with um, a sort of a field guide. You know, if you're, if you're an outsider, if you're not religious, or even if you are, uh, there's lots of different kinds of creationism. 
you know, just as one, for example, I, I think a lot of us think of the sort of um, evangelical preacher creationist type, you know, the sort of, um, you know, uh, TV, TV preacher, um, that kind of, of uh, creationist. And that's one kind for sure. But I mean, think of all the, the Catholics out there. Um, the the uh, LDS, uh, you know, uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, they aren't really known as creationist religions because generally, well, it, LDS is a complicated story. But generally, if you're Catholic, um, your church, uh, you know, and, and Catholics are the biggest single religious group in the United States. Um, your church is creationist, but it's not, you know, like creationist. You know, Catholics mm -hmm. don't go and build Noah's Arks in Kentucky. Uh, they build castles in Italy. Uh, um, so the, the first chapter looks at how how you can be a different different kinds of creationism in, in America. The second chapter looks at uh, the history. Uh, one thing I think that is surprising to some people who don't know is that the this kind of creationism, this young Earth creationism, it's new. It it wasn't a thing in the early part of the 20th century. Hmm. So you got all these fundamentalists running around the 1920s. They were fighting against evolution, but they, um, embarrassingly for today's young earth crowd, uh, they went out of their way to say a young earth doesn't make any sense that it's, you know, you don't have to read the Bible that way. And these were the folks, they, they read the Bible as their main sort of source of inspiration, but the young earth stuff is new and it didn't come out of, um, any of the big traditions, but rather, uh, came out of seventh day Adventism. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. You remember uh, William Miller? Uh, he was the creator of it, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, when I say remember, uh, I mean remember reading about him. In the 1840s, he predicted that uh, Jesus was coming back. He had done it with math and the Bible. And um, in Vermont and upstate New York, there were a lot of believers, Adventists. They thought Jesus' advent was was nigh. So some of them famously, not as many as the, as the stereotype. But some of them sold all their stuff and they put on white gowns and they got on top of their barns. And they're like, because because William Miller said, all right, it's this day in October at this time, you know, like an eclipse. Uh, and uh, clearly the world didn't end that day. Um, it didn't? <laughs> well, but see, for, for Miller's followers, uh, especially one uh, Ellen G. White was a uh, um, she was young at the time and she started having visions to explain what happened. And of course, they explained it in ways that made sense to them. It, Jesus did come. It's just that you couldn't see him. He was on. He was on like a speed train tour. He was on a bus tour, and the bus just went through town. And there you go. He transformed heaven. Ah. Uh, so Ellen G. White founded this new religion, Seventh Day Adventist, and they're most famous, at least to, to, to um, you know uh, heathens like me, for things like Little Debbie's. You know, Lil Debbie's, that's a Seventh-day Adventist snack food. Oh, is it? Yeah. No, uh, there's no, it's, you know, the um, the snack cake or uh, what do you call them? Swiss cake rolls. Mm -hmm. No lard. There's no lard. In Damn. Them. You just yeah. ruined my whole little Debbie's fetish. Yeah. So fetish. The, the idea is Ellen G. White has all these visions. Uh, and one of them is you're not supposed to eat animals. So you need food that doesn't have animal stuff in it. We get Swiss cake rolls from Little Debbie's. Uh, but you also, God took her on a tour of everything, the universe and creation. 
And so she saw God create the world in six days, like 6,000 years ago. So for her followers, it was um, a sort of article. Well, it was an article of faith that the earth had to be young and our, our species had to be, you know, Shazam, Adam and Eve, you know, in the garden, just like the book says. And most other like Baptists at that time in the in the in the up until the 18, uh, 1920s, they didn't believe any of that. But the Seventh-day Adventists did. So uh, they keep preaching. And in the 60s, um, they convince uh, enough people that uh, this this young earth creationism is born. But it isn't born in the way we know it until the 1960s. So it's wow. not like there's the ancient young earth belief that sort of lingers it's a very modern thing uh and it's it was created only because science sorry mainstream science was so was getting more and more confident about how old the earth had to be that some religious people had to come up with a response and the response in the 1960s was like all right say whatever you want we know you're lying the earth is only six thousand years old ish wow See, I was raised LDS, and uh, and they they taught us that. I think theirs was like four thousand years old. There's like two thousand pre and two thousand. I didn't keep good track of it because I didn't believe in it anyway. But yeah, I mean, basically, it was that sort of premise. And then you know, as a kid or growing up and getting older, you'd read about you know scientists discover this thing and using technology, they've determined that you know fossil whatever is like ten thousand years old. And you're like, wait, you know millions of eons you know so what do you call someone like me who's an atheist and i don't i don't necessarily believe in something i i i know that we have space dust in our dna so there might be some mars origination uh big bang i don't i don't really know i don't i'm not an agnostic either i'm i'm more leaning toward that space dust theory um but uh, that I think uh, what's his face talks about a lot. The uh, scientist, the CEO, uh, the African American scientist guy, really brilliant. Um, Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, really brilliant. So I think I I, I subscribe kind of his version, but I also take a science approach where it's like everything's a theory until it's disproven. Uh, what do you call people like me? I mean, what's the opposite, I guess, of creationism or? Well. Or, if, if if the term if I would come up with the term, my opinion and my argument in the book is that most Americans are creationists, but I don't mm. care. Mm. Like you know, okay, you know they believe whatever they believe, but they don't try to like make schools teach science in a certain way. Yeah, you know, they want schools to teach science. Yeah. So for for people who are atheists, I think the same um, number the same labels might work. A, a small number of Americans are atheists. They don't believe, you know, that there was any spaghetti monster. Or there was nothing involved. It was just, it just happened. Um, uh, accident isn't a word that, that the scientists like to use, but it was, uh, in, and not random either, but it uh, wasn't guided by anything externally intelligent. No divinity was involved, anything like that. I guess my term for that would be atheist. And uh, with politeness, I'd say, I just don't care about you. <laughs> the only time that matters is if you get someone who would be a radical atheist, who'd say, Hey, you, the public schools have to teach children to believe in my beliefs, which is yeah. that 
it's you know panspermia uh, or stardust or whatever we want to call it that my belief has to influence uh, what goes on in school not and there's a difference between saying the best science which is you know the same things that i think the best science should be influencing what goes on in public school if you agree with that that doesn't make you radical but if you say kids have to be disabused of their notions about jesus you know we have to tell kids you cannot believe in the garden of eden it's bogus that's child abuse for you to be taught that i think that's radical atheism and it doesn't sound like that's what you're saying yeah, the thing I'm okay with, you know, I, I learned a long time ago and what I settled in with my atheism is it's okay for me. And I realized that I, in studying a lot of people and why they believe things, I realized that this the universe is chaos, life is chaos. It, there, it's, it's a horror show for some people. It's terrifying for some people. It was when I was young. I was like, oh, my God, this is a horrible world and bad things happen. And, and there's a need in our humanity to, to try and create order from that chaos as much as we can, or to feel like we have some sort of influence or control or mastery of it. Um, although some of it that's self-deluded, if you think you master the universe, uh, wait till an earthquake or hurricane comes by and you'll find out, you know, mother nature has their own plan. Um, but I learned a long time ago that there's a lot of people that subscribe to these different sort of things. And I kind of look at them as like magazine subscriptions of thought and is or a catalog. And, and like if people need to pick certain things to get through this experience of life and whatever is on the other side, well then that's cool, man. Like if, if somebody has got to be a Catholic, that's cool. Just don't hurt other people with it and just don't force other people to believe it. And so I'm, I'm completely fine with it. You know, uh, I'm not knocking on doors like the Mormons that on, or the seven day Adventists on Saturday morning when you're hung over going, Hey, have you heard about the big nothing? Like after you die, it's just all black. You want to hear more about that shit? Cause there's like, well, there's nothing more. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think you and I are, it sounds like we're on the same page. Uh, the, in terms of policy and science in schools, uh, the the I want to make sure in this book that everyone ends up you know disliking me. Uh, so the thing that some advocates would say and that I'm disagreeing with, uh, people uh, like Lawrence Krauss, for example, astrophysicist, um, Jerry Coyne at the University of Chicago, uh, biologist, um, they advocate that it's child abuse mm. for children to be taught these things that are patently untrue, like the human race, uh, human species came out only 10,000 years ago because they say, look, it, it can't possibly be true. You can't teach children that. Um, we have to save these children by, by giving them the truth. Uh, and that, uh, me, that, this is where I disagree. I think if, if families, um, if things are abusive, like actually abusive, and there are some religions that, that hate, hedge into that with you know, uh, exorcisms and things like that, and that's abusive. Suicide cults. Yeah, yeah. Conversion therapies. I think yeah. these things really are abusive, and they're religious. And the government um, has a, a not just a right, but a duty to intervene. Yeah. But, well, let me ask it to you this way, Chris. Say you're a middle school science teacher, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you teach evolution for two weeks, and the kids kind of do their project. And this one kid does a good project, and he, he makes sort of like a – um, you know, a phenotype chart of, you know, how horses evolved. It demonstrates that he really gets it, you know, in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. 
And then, so you, you give him a grade at the science fair and you're like, all right, cool. And he's like, but Mr. Voss, I got to tell you, I know this is all bogus. Because I learned in, because it, well, because I learned in church yeah. uh, that uh, these ideas came from the devil to fool us and get us away from God's word in the Bible, which is, you know, that we're only six, that the planet's only 6,000 years old and that there were dinosaurs on the boat and the boat was real and there was a real flood. My reply would be, damn, you found us out. <laughs> yeah. You got us, kid. Now don't breed. Um, the, uh, no, you know, I'm, 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 you know, life is a giant. I guess the one thing I've learned or settled on is life is a giant catalog. I mean, what you choose to do in life, your career path, your education path, everything is, it's a kaleidoscope of, of adventures and stories and paths that you can go on. And what's good for me, like, I, I'm fine. I don't call people up or be like, you should be an atheist. It's a, it's really cool over here. The tithing is really cheap. Um, the, um, you know, and, and, and I, I try and be respectful of other people's religions as much as I can. In fact, I've had people on the show that are religious and we've, we've brought up the topic of, well, Chris, would you be okay if, if one of the issues you have with religion is it's it's so multifaceted and, and has so many different competing things. I think I saw once, uh, maybe this reference from Chris Richens, we created like 3,000 gods of man. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who I believe is Baptist or, or one of the other uh, main religions, and he, he said, you know, would you have a problem if we, you know, we promote our religion or we put our, you know, Ten Commandments on the courthouse steps? And I said, look, you know, I honestly wouldn't have that much of a problem, but you got to be fair. So if you got to put ISIS's whatever their thing is, the occult people or whatever their thing is, you know, you got to have everybody. It's got to be inclusive, I think is the word I'm looking for. But you, the problem with some of the, you know, ultra right wing radical Christians, the white Christians especially, is they're just like, our faith is the only one. And sadly, you hear that with from ISIS too. So, if all, like all the religions can kind of work it all out to where everybody gets represented, yeah, I'm cool with it, man. You can put a little, I don't know, big bang explosion. I, I don't even want a plaque. I don't. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I think that's part of what makes uh, tr- you know for outsiders trying to understand American creationism. Mm-hmm. One of the um, the 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 it's not like hidden, but it is. It seems it seems surprising, is that. The, the, the folks you're talking about, the sort of politically conservative, um, uh, Baptist, you know, Protestant, not always Baptist, but, you know, Protestant, a lot of them from an evangelical tradition, although, you know, some Lutherans and, and other non-evangelical groups as well. Um, often people assume that they are um, absolutely opposed to um, evolutionary theory. And once you start getting into and reading the culture and going to the museums and reading the literature, these days they're they're not. Um, so, for example, if you go uh, to Answers in Genesis, they're the folks who built the big ark in um, in Kentucky, the Ark Encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, their official policy is that they do not want creationism taught in public schools, and in fact, they want evolutionary theory taught even in private schools that are, you know, on their team, you know, they're they, the schools that teach their kind of creationism. Um, they want their kids to learn evolution, which seems like 
<laughs> they're making all this money off that boat. <laughs> well, but that's they're, they're not. Uh, so some of the the folks, oh. that, you know, the 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 watchdogs. Um, this is a little side um, business, like the uh, the answers in Genesis stuff. Are like a million people came, and then <laughs> the watchdogs are like, actually, we can see the receipts. They're public because they got a tax break, and oh. not that many people came. You know, like it's it's kind of a question of who's gonna go. And then you know, there's people like me go and we don't believe it. We just want to see the, you know, we want to see the spectacle sort of. Yeah. And it includes some stuff you wouldn't even guess like diorama. I still don't understand this one because I don't know the Bible well enough. A diorama of a guy like in a gladiator fight with like a giant cyclops with a horn and stuff. On the ark? Well, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like the museum part of the ark. Oh, so it's like is that supposed to be David or something? David and Goliath? No, Goliath. I don't think had he wasn't like a monster. He was just a big yeah. guy. Yeah. So it was, and it was definitely like a anyway. The it's a it's a there's a bunch of stuff that you just don't expect if you're going from the outside. And one of them is if you ask them, they they'll say, "Oh no no no, we actually want our kids to learn evolution." So in the book, here's one huh. of the things I, I did. I, I read that from, you know, their published stuff. And after doing this for years, I've, I've, I've been able to make some connections. Uh, so I asked um, some of the people that I, that I've met from my work uh, and some celebrities. So there's a, a woman who's a homeschool mom in Virginia. And she had uh, for a while, I had a, a blog running about this stuff and she was a, a regular contributor and she was a young earth creationist and she was a homeschooler. And she first contacted me because she was trying to find ways to teach her kids. And she's a young earth creationist, homeschooling mom. She wanted to teach her kids evolution. And so, you know, I, I, this is the first I'd heard of this. I thought she would not want to teach her kids evolution. This is before I, you know, uh, knew what, what answers in Genesis was saying. So I went and we have a, a, in our upstate New York where I live, there's some creation schools, like K-12 schools. And I went and I asked the principal of one of them. Do you guys like for two questions? One, do you teach evolution? And do you brag about teaching evolution? Like to parents who are thinking about paying money to send their kids to a creationist school. And he said, yes, on both counts. Not only do we teach evolution, but we uh, tell parents that they should send their kids here because we know how to teach evolution. And I think this is the key term. We know how to teach evolution right like they don't want to teach evolution the way I would want to teach evolution in a public school. Hmm. They want their kids to know it, which is what I would want too. But then they want their kids to know what's wrong with it and why they don't believe it. Oh, I was going to, I was expecting you to say that, you know, that, that they would teach evolution, but like God's hand was in it. Like God turned Jesus from a tadpole, Jesus turned <laughs> the tadpole to a frog. Well, there are those schools as well. That's what I go with. So I was... there's, there's a larger group of, of create. I think, you know, you have to call them creationists. Mm-hmm. I think that God guided creationism or evolution and that evolution is just God's tool. And that's, that's a very large group of Christians, but that's not the answers in Genesis. That's not the radical creationist type. And I love how that arc that's in Kentucky, we've been talking about has dinosaurs. 
in the in the cages. Like like I want to know who on Noah's team because I read the Bible as a kid, thinking maybe there's something in here I need to learn. I read the Bible and I don't remember hearing about a Velociraptor Wrangler running around. Like who was the poor bastard to try and get that shit done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when I before they built the ark, I went and visited the Creation Museum, which is, you know, 40 miles away. But same group, same idea. And I didn't know as much back then. This is, you know, gosh, 15 years ago, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I noticed they had dragons everywhere. Like, like there was a dragon room. There's a dragon theme. And this is when I was just starting to read about it. So, yeah, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and it turns out the dragons were a key thing because... For this group, Answers in Genesis, dragons, like the dragons in various mythologies and, and mm. you know, folklores, those weren't, those were like real. And what they were was people seeing dinosaurs. Oh, them right. it's like a whole Game of Thrones thing here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, and the reason it's so important for folks like Answers in Genesis, these young earth creationists, to put the dinosaurs in the cages on the ark mm-hmm. uh, is because, and it makes sense. It, that's the thing about uh, young earth creationism. I think sometimes like my sister-in-law thought it was just a huge group of like dumb, dumb, dumb people. And that's not fair. I don't think that's accurate. It's a I'll huge leave group. that to you. <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> it's a huge group of people who have a separate and alternative and largely coherent group of ideas that they can teach their kids and the the dinosaurs they only make sense in a in a coherent world because if it wasn't coherent and and tell me where i go off the rails here chris if it wasn't coherent the answers in genesis folks would get rid of the dinosaur part because they know that's the kookiest to you and me Mm -hmm. i mean that's like flintstones level science uh but they keep it and they emphasize it because it's a huge part of the coherence of the way they understand history. So dig, if God created Eden, all the animals, um, humans, and it just happened like the way they said in the book, there was an actual global flood, two, two of every kind of animal had to get on the boat. Um, if that's true, if that's going to make any sense, then it has to include all the animals that ever lived squeezed into that whatever 6,000-year history, including dinosaurs. So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Hey, this is something I've studied all my life in leaving religion and being an atheist is why people believe the things they do, whether it's religion or whether it's like little green Martian men or uh, the world Earth is flat, which we all know is true. Uh <laughs> Uh, or, you know, whatever, pick your belief, you know, pick, pick your stupid belief. We all have stupid beliefs and scotomas and stuff. And, and, in trying to get into reality is, is, is what seems to be a life goal, especially for some people, let's put it that way. Um, and so it's interesting to me what beliefs people will choose to. And then that, that, uh, 
uh, I'm trying to think what the right word is, but the attenuating system that they build around that belief to substantiate it, to give it validity, uh, is quite extraordinary. Like, you know, the the one thing about the ark is it, we brought two of every creature. Well, insects, microbiology, you know, microbiology cells and different things. Did you make sure you got all that on there? Germs, you know, flu bugs, uh, I don't know nuclear cells did you make sure that was all getting on the ark there with your little you know like i said whoever was the poor velociraptor tyrannosaurus wreck wrangler who had the stick and the rock and was trying to get in the ark you stupid velociraptors and then i love the part with the seven days you know he, here's an omnium omnium part omnipotent god i guess i don't know is that the right word uh he's all powerful he's all seeing he builds the whole fucking universe but you know after six days of building the earth this poor guy's got to rest because his back hurts or some shit like what the fuck is that so yeah there's a lot of that stuff that's in there that i just don't really get so in the book you get into all this stuff right including um some of the stuff so one of my um one of my one of my past academic books was about the history of um, evangelical colleges, places in the news now like Liberty University. Uh, that book was called Fundamentalist You. I was sitting in the corner watching that with my wife and the pool boy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, I think the thing that's important to understand, or one of the things that's important to understand, is that we um, non-creationists and even moderate creationists need to be careful about assuming um, that people who believe these ideas that are like scientifically impossible, like you say, really two of every microbe, um, the, for, for, you know, the last 50 years or so, these young earth creationists have debated all these things. Now don't get me wrong. I, I bet there are plenty of just dumb, ignorant people of all beliefs, including young earth creationists. But in the colleges, you have these academics and they're wrestling with those questions and other questions. Like, for example, physics. How could you possibly have enough rain in the clouds to cover the entire Earth? That's impossible. Like, that's just and the, the, the scientists have said, well, no, they've worked out a different um, way of understanding uh, reality. Mm -hmm. So reality broken into dispensations makes different sense in the dispensation where there was uh eden you have a whole different layer in the firmament you know in the sky and the bible explains it apparently so i think one mistake that i made early is being um you you don't need to assume that everyone is smart and a genius who believes these things that seem ridiculous oh i stopped assuming that a long fucking time ago man right yeah and the, there are systems to each of it. So in, in chapter five of this book, I go into way too nerdy detail about what you learn when you go to a creationist college that makes you feel like you're learning science. You are learning a kind of science. And it's infinitely mysterious. And you can get the basics kind of early, easy, you know, like bio 101 at, at a school like mine, a public university. But then you know that you could get a Ph.D., and get into more and more detail and in fact spend your whole life studying a tiny little aspect of these sciences. So I do think that's that's an important part to understand creationism is to understand um, it's more complicated 
than just people who don't care about science. People yeah. do care about science. You know, I and I, 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 there's no way to say this without being critical, but I've often looked at some of the, the things that people subscribe to, the logs they hold on to get through this life, the, the belief system, let's call them that, that they uh, subscribe to. They like the simplicity of the nature of it sometimes. We do that in politics. We do that in everything, really. And there's a lot of people that would rather have the simple answer or the conveniently easier answer, like, well, why is all this shit here? Uh, Jesus made it. Uh, and it's here for me. And, uh, and then there's some sort of, uh, there's some great real estate afterwards that we get, which I don't know why the whole thing had to go down, but you know, that's, that's the, the creator's business. But it's interesting to me, like, like for me, even as an atheist, I, you know, I remember biology class and, <clears throat> all the different things, you know, cellular macro level, you know, all that kind of crap. That's fairly complex. I'm just going to stick with, I'm an atheist and I believe in science, but I don't really want to know the details. So even I'm guilty of doing the simple, give me the simple answer and let me run with that baby. But I feel a lot of people do that in religion where they're just like, give me the preform construction manual and I'll just cite from it and uh, we'll call it a day. I, I, I agree entirely. I think you can even take it one step further, which is people want um, they want to know that there's a, a, a bunch of expert opinion out there that proves why what they already think is right. Yeah. You know? So, for example, uh, in the book, I, I, I lay out the explanation that, yes, um, radical creationism. You know, the stuff about, you know, a six day actual creation, the flood, a real flood, 6,000 year history, that kind of stuff. Yes, that's about religion. But mainly these days, it's about things like LGBTQ rights. Uh, in, the, in the 20th century, it was about things like communism and anti-communism. Um, it's about things like uh, abortion and climate change. You know, it's not. Yes, it's theological, and yes, it's scientific, but the real disagreement doesn't come about the science of evolution or, honestly, the theology of you know, biblical interpretation. Mm-hmm. Real distinction comes about same-sex marriage, um, rights for uh, you know, non-traditional uh, uh, couples, uh, abortion rights, you know, the, all the rest of the culture war issues that you would think have nothing to do with creationism. In fact, they have everything to do with creationism. So you wrote the title of the book, Creationism USA. Is this a problem in other countries, or is this kind of our thing? No. uh, One of the things you read in the newspaper every once in a while, and even science guy Bill Nye, uh, you know, who is a great, uh, you know, I love him. My kid loved him. Um, He even said that this is an American thing. And that, that's a misunderstanding. You can do it two different ways. Hmm. First of all, uh, you can look at the guy who built the ark in Kentucky, Ken Ham. He's from Australia. So he's not even American. Some of, uh, some of the, the sort of more uh, punchy critics call him, you know, the Ayatollah of Kentucky, which I think is <laughs> funny. But it kind of misunderstands American creationism because it makes it sound like He's, you know, sort of from the backwoods or whatever. He's not. He's an international superstar from, you know, from Australia. He's from a different country. He's a cosmopolitan, uh, educated, um, 
you know, uh, he's a, he's an immigrant. Plus money's money, right? You know, if you can come up with a gimmick, makes it, I'm, I've owned like the ton, tens of corporations, business is business. At right. least that's how, I don't know what, I don't know what his angle is, but, um, so, uh, um, Let's talk about the uh, coronavirus and Donald Trump. I guess let's start with coronavirus. Uh, How does the history of creationism uh, help understand the politics of the coronavirus? Because we've seen a lot of this. A lot of people have a hard time with it because it's a molecular, biomolecular, you know, sort of structure. You know, they, they think that the coronavirus shows up and goes, hi, can we hang out for a while? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked. I, I, I think there, I know like when I um, am in my friends, circles of friends and acquaintances, uh, you often hear this uh, expression, like people will say, I understand maybe how people could support the president's policies and want to get more conservatives on the Supreme Court. I, I understand that stuff. What I don't understand, you'll hear people say, is how someone can, with a straight face, say that President Trump has mastered the science of fighting a pandemic when he says things like injecting disinfectant could, you know, could be a cure, which he said back in the day. Hang on. Uh, let me take a swig of this bleach here. And <laughs> what were you saying about disinfectant? You got to inject it. Oh, it's injection. I've been <laughs> drinking it. Damn <laughs> it. Yeah, that's just a social thing though. Um, this Clorox is nasty. <laughs> Well, and I think uh, I, I think it's it's a, it's similar to creationism in that you have people like me saying, how could anyone agree with President Trump's science? He's being anti-science, and he's not. If you look at, I mean, sometimes he is because he's everywhere. Hmm. But generally, what he says is, I've got better science. I have oh. science on my side. Don't listen to those people who disagree with me, because I've got the better science, and that's what generations now of these radical creationists have done they haven't said don't listen to science they haven't said you know hunker down in your in your um bible uh lined room and don't join the modern world no they said actually those scientists are not real scientists the ones who say millions of years donald trump believe it or not uh campaigns as if uh, on the promise that he's got superior science. And the reason, I don't know if you saw this from 538, but this is just last week, over 80% of uh, registered GOP voters, not just like Donald Trump in general, they approve of Donald Trump's handling of the COVID pandemic, which, uh, you know, to people like me, just seems astounding. Like, you know, like say you might like the guy, but don't say that injecting bleach is good science. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's just that, and this is where I think it gets so close to the whole key to understanding the world of creationism. People like me are tempted to be like you. And this is what Richard Dawkins said, the, you know, the Oxford uh, biologist, you got to be ignorant. You got to be insane or you have to be wicked was his word. Or all three. Or all three. And I think that's the wrong way to understand it. The key is not science. The key isn't even the Bible. The key, are you ready? Are you ready for the key? Go. All right. The key is trust. Ah. People who trust the Donald believe that whatever people say about him is really fake news. 
Hmm. And if it's fake news, who cares? If someone comes running in and I know they're a liar and they tell me something, I don't care how outrageous it is because I know they're lying. Now, young creationists have the best trump card, uh, sorry, uh, the best um, ace in the hole when it comes to trust. Because uh, you remember the story, right? Uh, You got Eve in the garden. God had just said, hey, welcome to the garden. And for some strange God reason, do whatever you want, but don't eat that tree, the fruit from that tree. I can't tell you why, but don't. Trust me, don't. Um, what the snake said, what the serpent said to Eve was alluring. The snake didn't say, I'm evil. Go and come and join my team. And this apple from this tree is going to turn you evil. What the snake said was, I know better. Eat the apple from the tree and then you'll know better. Ah, it's knowledge. So the tree, the tree of knowledge, right? Yeah, creationists say, hey, this is the oldest trick in the book. When those scientists come to you and say the earth has to be millions of years old, when those scientists come to you and say there's no way Adam and Eve, something, 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 that's the serpent's voice in your ear. And so don't only ignore it because you're dumb. Ignore it because you're smart. So this is kind of interesting what you're talking about. Uh, one of the aspects of that feature is narcissism, uh, which Trump has. He's a malignant narcissist. Uh, and, um, you know, what was interesting is we had a gentleman on the show named Chuck DeGroat, and he wrote this book called When Narcissism Comes to Church, Healing Your Community from Emotional and Spiritual Abuse. We had him on the show. And one thing he talked about was one of the problems in religion is there's a lot of narcissism going on, especially with like preachers and reverend. And uh, I wonder if that plays into what you were just talking about with, uh, you know, people believing this, this narcissistic stuff. I, 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 I think it does. So not in the creationism USA book, but in my academic research about, you know, the history of, of, of evangelical colleges, I spent a lot of time studying these colleges that, uh, you know, of course, there's always been evangelical colleges, like Harvard was an evangelical college. But this kind started in the 1920s. And so I don't know how closely you've been following. Well, I know you've been closely following because I heard you talk about sitting in the corner with the pool boy. Uh, Very closely following the pool boy in my life. (laughs) The story at Liberty University, I think to people who don't know the world of creationism and conservative evangelicalism, They think, and there was a great piece that just came out in um, uh, Politico about the Falwells and the pool boy and, you know, Becky and Jerry walking on campus and saying like, ooh, I'd do her. Ooh, I'd do him. You know, did you read this? It's pretty. I didn't read that part yet. I've been missing that. You got to read it. It's it's, um, Brandon Ambrosino is one of the authors. It's a great piece. Michael Stratford and uh, one more author. I'm, I'm, I'm slipping. Um, You know, I'm just at that point where like anytime the, the, that death protests too much. Anytime you're a religious person, the harder you're banging that Bible about gays and marriage and you know, whatever your thing is, the more I know that there's some closet with some giant ass skeletons on that topic in your, in your house. Right. And like so, I, I'm just waiting for them to fall out. Yeah. So, you know, you, the, the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, you remember, you're yeah. old enough to remember them. Yeah. Um, uh, the, um, the Saddleback, Rick Warren, you know, it's, it's just scandal after scandal. 
And I think it's not, I don't, well, in my opinion, and, you know, from his, uh, the 20th century history, it's nothing about, like, the actual religion. It's about this question of outsiders from mainstream American culture who have built up this cr- culture of trust and mistrust. You know, if you're an insider, you have to go with what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Because those outsiders are always talking stuff about us, and they're going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. So one thing that can happen, and a lot of times it doesn't happen, but it comes to the headlines when it does happen, is that an authoritarian leader can abuse easily these circles of trust and mistrust. Because mm-hmm. they can just say, oh, and this is how Jerry Falwell Jr. survived so long. He survived so long in spite of all these scandals because he could just say, that's the kind of thing the enemies of Liberty University have been saying forever. Yeah, and he but, did. Yeah, I remember him saying that over the. Yeah, they just want to bring down a Christian institution. Yeah. And the people who trust, who, who have built up this culture of trust and, and ferocious mistrust, it's not that they're dumb or even that they're gullible. Some of them might be. But that's a language that the institution has formalized and built into how it operates. So they got no leg to stand on to say, well, you know, there's no external, it's an authoritarian institution. There's no external group. There's a board of trustees only. There's no external group to to call BS on that. Yeah. What's interesting to me, and I don't know if you talk about this in the book, but it, it comes in the same play of this creationism and stuff, is is the self-interest of all of this um, where, where it's like, I must be exceptional. Like the, the thing we wake up to as human beings and the thing that keeps up this night is why are we here and what happens after we die? And what was the purpose of me being here? We, and we have to come out with some sort of exceptionalism. Like I'm smarter than the snake. I'm smarter than the dog, which, you know, some people aren't uh, clearly, uh, if you've ever watched fail videos or America's greatest, uh, whatever video of the show, um, <laughs> hold my beer as uh, the famous last words, but, but f- there's always this exceptionalism to it. Like uh, today I was speaking with somebody uh, with good intentions and we were talking about the human body and they'd seen some different things about the human body and how great it was. And, you know, and the implication was, is because it was built by a divine being in their own image. It's always interesting. Like everyone's always like, we're built in, you know, some guy's image for all we know, you know, I don't know, God is some, some sort of space alien who's purple and he's got weird ears, you know, pick your uh, science fiction movie. And, uh, you know, we're just like an ant farm. He's like, let's build some fucked up creatures. And if you've ever read or studied biology we're really messed up build. I mean, the way that we give birth, the way that we, the way that our eyes are in our head compared to other creatures, I mean, just the whole evolutional build of us is a, is a fucking shit show. Like there's no divine intervention there for most of the biologists that I've seen read or write about this, but it's always that exceptionalism they have to get into. Like I'm here for a purpose. Why? Some special vapor in the ether guy, decided uh, that I should be built and I'm here for that purpose. Well, what's your purpose? I don't know, man. It's, it's a, uh, you know, it's in the book or something. <laughs> it, it's always interesting to me how that, how that always has that sort of selfish sort of interest to it. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I want to be careful with this point because I, I, it can be misinterpreted, but historically you get that sense of sort of intellectual hubris on 
the side of, of creationism and young earth creationism, but you also get it from these uh, missionaries for science through history. Um, and I, I don't think this is what you're saying, but I do think that there's this tradition that uh, the, the, the phrase that people pick up on is one that Darwin used. There's a, there's a grandeur in this view of life, mm-hmm. uh, meaning once you really understand um, sort of evolutionary processes and the way it works, it's not, like you said, it's not that these bodies were created to be perfect. It's that these bodies exist at all, uh, at, you know, with the appendix that we that we don't need anymore, but we have it for evolutionary reasons, which with these hands, which, you know, like when you study the different, you know, the bat's hands or the bat's wings and the dog's paw and the human's hand, you can see evolutionarily, this is not necessarily how they would be designed if you had every range of choices, you know, you were stuck evolutionarily with things. But there are these missionaries for science who take this idea uh, that you're talking about, like this exceptional idea, and they use it for the non-religious, you know, like uh, the, 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 the other side of evolution. And one of the, I think the, the reasons why we fight so much about evolution unnecessarily is because we shouldn't care. And by we, I mean the American public square. I should care. You should care. My mom should care. Your mom should care. Like people should care about themselves and their families and their churches or their clubs or whatever. But if we're making up laws and curricula for schools and for town meetings, we should um, painstakingly not care uh, what people want to believe about this stuff. Uh, So we need to get rid of the exceptionalism part and just let, uh, even if we don't like it, we should let the best science or history or literature, that should be what we teach in schools. You know, and we've, we've seen the destructive element of, of ignoring science or disputing it or just being like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I've even, I've even had people say with the coronavirus, well, um, if God, if it's God's will that I get coronavirus, then I'll get it, or God will protect me from the coronavirus. Uh, I think we've all see, seen the different preachers who've said that and died of coronavirus. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to me how 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 extraordinary we'll be at ignoring uh, the obvious or science. You know, I I, I feel for. I, I kind of feel for parents. I didn't have kids, but I can. I've often thought, what would I? What would I have thought or done if my child looked up to me and said, hey, daddy, you know, why are we here and what goes on thereafter? And if grandma dies or puppy dog dies, what happens to the puppy dog? And it's so much easier to go with the, well, son, there's like a heaven and a special place they go to. You know, for me as an atheist, it's just like, "Mm, they just just end. There's just nothing. I remember Mormons used to say to me, they'd be like, what if you die and there's just blackness? I'll be like, well, I won't know because it will just be blackness. I mean, I'm not going to be laying around a blackness going, this blackness fucking sucks. I wish I could get a Coke. You know, it's just, it'll be over, right? Um, So, you know, I often wonder about it. It certainly is convenient to have some of these pre-built construction things because then you can go, you know, even... I got to tell you, honestly, even after my my first dog died and I went through a really painful time losing what I termed as a child, um, 
I really wanted to subscribe to some of those things like the rainbow bridge or that there's a heaven. Like I could just really feel my, my brain just going, we could believe that shit. That sounds good. Let's do that. Cause it it makes it hurt less. But, uh, you know, I mean, but then I got to cross over into the fantasy land and that's like a whole spin cycle, uh, hole that just, you know, never ends. If I, if I try to cross that line, at least in my opinion, so it's interesting to me um, how we go through all these different things. Uh, what are some other aspects in the book that we haven't touched on? Um, well, uh, one of them is, is similar to what you're bringing up, um, which is that uh, people tend to um, put their belief first and their science second. So, for example, <laughs> there have been a couple of, of studies and, you know, they don't, studies don't really show usually what what people want them to show, uh, what I'd like them to show, but it's suggestive here that, um, so for example, um, in, in one uh, study that they did with Harvard undergrads, they taught uh, a unit about evolution, um, and before and after, they asked students to talk about what they kind of thought about evolution and what they knew about evolution. So after studying evolution, they, they knew more about evolution um, and it didn't change much what they believed about it. Uh, but, and here's one of the, the, the points that, that's uh, a tough takeaway. People in that study, and they spoke, focused specifically on the concepts of natural selection and other you know, key terms in, in um, uh, the sort of neo-Darwinian synthesis evolution. Um, it didn't matter in that study how well they could explain natural selection how compared to how much they said they believed it. So people would say they believed it and not know it, or people would say they don't believe it and they do know it. And so the, the, the knowledge and belief, uh, ignorance and, and um, understanding, it's all messed up. And so others, uh, there's another one at uh, Louisiana state undergrads, and they, um, the same thing. Uh, so one, the student that, that really sticks with me, he's like, oh, I definitely think evolution is true. And they're like, okay, so how does it work? <laughs> and it sticks with me, uh, obviously. So uh, he, um, the student says, all right, so there's cheetahs, right? And cheetahs are like, ah, oh, we're hungry. So they decided to run faster so they could get more food or else they go extinct. That's evolution. And that's not, I mean, <laughs> that's like, like that's maybe a family guy ex- level explanation of, of evolutionary science. You know, it's like, no, there wasn't a meeting of cheetahs, you know, and they didn't they like, should learn to run faster. <laughs> yeah. They didn't like, they didn't come on down to the run faster cheetah workshop today. <laughs> yeah. 7 a.m. Plan. Uh, it's that's, you know, the, one of the concepts that's tough about things like natural selection is, a lot of uh, our, our minds, as you've been saying, are sort of, I don't want to say hardwired, but they tend to look for cause. They tend to look for explanation. And if there isn't a cause or an explanation, they'll make one up to fit. And so this student studied, um, uh, you know, he studied evolution. And they're like, all right, come back and tell us what you think. He's like, well, I still think evolution is true. Um, and it, it, and then he went back to his cheetahs. He's like, okay, so the cheetahs didn't decide to run faster. It's just that over time, they realized that they had to run faster 
over time. And it's like, you know, and I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for like, I don't know, 20 years now. It's I love this kid. You know, it's like, cause yeah. <laughs> either way, I just picture him and this, none of this is in the study. I'm just picturing him both times being entirely confident and explaining these wacky <laughs> schemes. So like the second time he, he got closer, you know, he's like, all right, cheetahs over time learn to run faster. It's like, all right, buddy, I love you, but that's not right either. <laughs> it's, that's not what evolutionary theory says. The point being, uh, the studies seem to suggest that um, if we want to talk about ignorance and evolution, it's not just a one-way street. It's not just that the people who believe evolution are in the know and creationists are ignorant. Some are, some aren't. Some people uh, believe evolution and they don't know anything about it some disbelieve and they don't know anything about it some disbelieve and they know a bunch about it some believe and they know a ton about it it's just a mess yeah so how do we resolve it all how do we uh i mean are we just have we just been living with creationism usa for all this 200 plus whatever years of our republic or is there any resolve to this are we going to keep wandering around the dark like a gang of idiots i, I the, in my mind the solution will come uh, in a way that gives me optimism that it might actually work with real, live, actual Americans. Because the solution doesn't come from heroic striving. The solution comes from people like me, like you, like science teachers, like Baptist ministers, people agreeing at what point they're just going to relax and go back home and sit on the couch. Yeah. So for example, just educate yourselves. I mean, uh, I think we need more leaders, like you say, that, that advocate for science. See, if I was like a creationist, I'd get really good with it. Like my thing would be like, yeah, there was evolution, but Jesus made it happen. Jesus said, you're a cheetah and okay. you're a snake. That's now, what I do. So back to the coronavirus. I charge for it. <laughs> I know you've been following uh, folks like uh, the head of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis uh-huh. Collins, mapper of the human genome, mm-hmm. like America's like hero science guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah? He is a leading creationist. Wow. He inspired a group who did does exactly what you say. They're, they call themselves BioLogos. Um, and their <laughs> their point is to tell Christians particularly, because they're Christian, mm-hmm. look at God. Uh, the, the Francis Collins quote is the God of the Bible is the God of the genome. Mm. God's all powerful. He doesn't have to give us a book that spells it out like in comic book form. Here's what happened with the flood and the garden and the snake. That's, you know, th- those are important stories and they're from God, but it, it doesn't mean it's like exactly what happened. Uh, so the BioLogos folks say exactly what you talk about. All of that. And and by the way, so do Catholic. Damn, I was going to make some money off this. So do Muslims, so do uh, uh, Judaic uh, organizations, Reform, Conservative, Orthodox. There's this huge agreement among religious people that that's how to do this. Wow. Here I thought I had a new thing that I could take out and make some money tax-free on. Damn well, it. You can, because the, the, the real puzzle is that this is this huge uh, zone of agreement. You got religious people. You got atheists, you got Jewish people, Muslim people, Catholic people, Protestant people. Everyone agrees on this. And yet, where's the, the, where's the publicity? Where's the attention? Where's I think I'm going to 
I'm going to pull like a Joseph Smith from the oldest church and just do like a spin the wheel, collect them all sort of thing. Uh, you know, just whatever you want to be on Sunday, spin the wheel over there and you're Jewish one week and you know, whatever you want, have fun. Have fun. Right. So pick that's it. what gives me hope though, is that. Pick it, pick religion of the hat, run with it, baby. <laughs> there is, there's this huge middle zone for religious people and non-religious people. Um, if we can agree on what our public institutions want to do, like schools, yeah. which we're all, uh, almost everyone is on board with, then we can just stop talking about the stuff we don't agree on. And that's not bad. We can agree to disagree on whether you're dumb if you think there was an actual global flood. Like my uncle, <laughs> he's not that uncle. He's the uncle for science who would say, you know, like, wait, no, you have to realize that there couldn't be a global flood. It's like, nope. I mean, when it comes to public discussions, sorry, we don't have to agree on that. You can write on Facebook anything you want about how dumb that is. Fine. But what you can't do is say that the people who believe that don't have a right to go to public schools and learn science without being made fun of for their belief in lots of rain and something, something like boats and dinosaurs. And we've had some really good authors who have talked about this on the show. Uh, you have some very evil organizations like the Betsy DeVos Council that their whole idea is not only to teach this, but to use it as a recruitment tool to get people that aren't religious, you know, people like me, you know, obviously my, when I was a child, you know, to get me recruited into buying into the whole Jesus thing instead of going off on my evil satanic atheist march. Um and they want to force that curriculum onto the schools, right? Yep. And that's, yeah. that's something that uh, I guess the principle is uh, religious people, especially um, uh, radical creationists and any religious minority, because they are a minority and they just don't know it. Um, they should be the ones who push for religion neutral public schools the hardest. Uh, it's, it's um, I'm not saying that they don't, push for it because obviously they do just go to a, a friday night football game in county texas and you'll see the cheerleaders with their bible slogans and stuff like that so i'm not saying it doesn't happen in mini skirts and man mini skirts you know the biblically approved mini skirts uh it of course it happens but the the idea is in my opinion there's such a, a large group of people including the same savvy uh, conservatives who push for more religion in public schools who should will realize that it's a knife that cuts both ways. If you push for religion in public schools, and this happened at the Supreme Court with the Espinosa decision, if you want to push for tax funding for religious religion in public schools, it's a very, if you're religious, it's a dangerous game to play because in a constitutional realm, you're um, opening the door to have religious ideas that you don't want crammed down the kids' throats in public schools, which is why in the 1960s, um, the 1962 prayer decision, Engel v. Vitale, mm -hmm. Supreme Court decision, and it was conservative um, Catholics, conservative Protestants, uh, the Supreme Court said you cannot, <clears throat> the state of New York in this case, cannot have a prayer in public schools. And so you'd think that religious people would be mad. But back then, conservative evangelicals, conservative Catholics, they said thank you to the court. We do not want the state of New York government to make up a prayer for our kids mm -hmm. because they saw the dangers of a government 
making up a prayer. Like for me, if I'm not religious, ah, whatever, you know, go ahead, have them say whatever. They're not going to listen anyway. But if you're actually religious and you care about how your kids pray, that's when that's a really terrifying idea. So I do, I, I know what you're saying. Conservative religious folks are pushing for more religious and tax funded public schools and that's bad and it's worth opposing. But I think it's also self-defeating because pushing religion into public schools only, I mean, the, the people who get hurt by it most are religious people. There is, which is ironic because there is prayer in, uh, in public schools these days. Mostly it's a prayer that you won't die today of a, of the shooter who comes by your school. Yeah. I actually, I actually saw on TikTok last night, there were three girls that were talking about how great, uh, Donald Trump was. And then one of the factors they said is that he's lowered school shootings this year. And you're like, wait, <laughs> wait a is a quarantine? Yeah. Uh, you know, kids learning from laptops, it's a little hard to get shot. Uh, so anyway, there's that. Well, this has been an interesting discussion. Uh, the book is Creationism USA, Bridging the Impasse on Teaching Evolution. Is there anything we missed? We want to leave some of this book, of course, to people to buy it and read it and get into the details. Yeah. Th- no, thanks, Chris. It's been great talking with you. I do think that all these issues cut across um, uh, groups of people. You know, it's not just a question for religious people. It's not just a question for atheists. It's anybody who is involved at all in American public life. Uh, creationism is one way to, you know, understand all these debates about who to trust, uh, who not to trust, who, th- who our side is, who their side is. It was creationism and evolution where all those debates got uh, sort of market tested back in the 60s. So I think it's, a, uh, you know, buy 20 copies for all your friends. There you go, guys. Check it out. And give us your plugs or people can find you on the interwebs and buy the book. Uh, sure. Yeah, I tweet my name. Uh, it's A D A M L A A T S at Adam Lotz. Um, you can also check out the blog. Uh, the blog is I love you, but you're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's uh, it's 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 been on pause for the pandemic, but it's we used to have a little lively community where we discussed all these issues. So uh, check that out. Um, you can find more information about the book there as well. Yeah, that sounds like my favorite argument to religious people because they're like, well, this is what's going to happen if you die, Chris. And I always go, but what if you're wrong? And they go, bub, 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 bub. and I go, but what if you're wrong? You have to assume the possibility that you could be wrong. It's, you know, and <laughs> they just never have an answer. That's, that's, my whole, that's my argument. I just go, but what if you're wrong? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so there's that. Uh, thank you very much, Adam, for being on the show, telling us about your book and all the good stuff and sharing with us brilliant thingy. Thanks for being with, on with us today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Go to youtube.com for just Chris Voss to see the uh, video version of this and all the wonderful, brilliant authors we've had on the show. You can go to thecvpn.com, subscribe to online podcasts. You can also go to a book or a good book goodreads.com for chess chris voss and uh, also facebook.com for chess the chris voss show uh thanks to everyone for being here be safe stay safe wear your masks and today's vote day so i don't have to say that anymore uh be safe out there folks and be good to your other human beings we'll see you next time